Live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a newsflash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent Nation. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Hey, Kelly. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. How are you doing? I am doing swell. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I use that word. I use that word a lot. And people that know me know that I use that word a lot. Uh Uh-huh. But I have um, my my new new circle of peeps, my new group of friends at my um, positive psychology class they don't know me quite as well yet because we've only kind of gotten together as a group four times now um so they don't know me quite as well as like everybody else apparently in the world (laughs) right right so when they would ask me like how I was doing or how and I'd be like swell like some of them would look at me and go groovy yeah right (laughs) you and Richie Cunningham Right. Oh, I loved Richie Cunningham. <laughs> I know. Those were the days, huh? Do you know what's so funny? Let me tell you a little secret. Ooh. When me, I used... What? Me, me and three million other people? You and three million other people. <laughs> so don't tell. It's just between us, kids. Um, I was addicted to Happy Days. It was mm-hmm. right. It was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley Three's company. That was the rotate. That is sure. I'm right? with you. Bro. I was addicted to Happy Days, but not because I was in love with Fonzie or Chachi, like all the cool kids. Mm-hmm. No, no, I had the hots for Richie. Oh, really? That's I did. <laughs> He was the cool big brother. He was the smart, level-headed one. He was nerdy. Right. He he was the one who resolved all the problems and not in a heavy-handed way. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I know. And now I married him. <laughs> that's awesome. I know I married Richie Cunningham. Aww, Chris. <laughs> and all these years you thought you were the Fonz. <laughs> oh, that's good. Aww, it is. It's funny, isn't it? <clears throat> it's so, It yeah, I've been doing a lot of, it, it is kind of funny because it's it's about perspective, isn't it? Yes. I've been doing a lot of perspective work recently, haven't I? I? Oh, I know. It's kind of bizarre. And in some ways, it really helps. And in some ways, it really just makes me nauseous. <laughs> I can like, see that. You can? Right. I can. I mean, it's so difficult I'm, to have both sides, you know? Yes. Especially when there are three of them. <laughs> you need to get a fourth to even it out. Right? You need to, we do need a fourth perspective. (laughs) The fourth dimension. Right? We should start that blog, the fourth perspective. There you go. It's like your side, their side, the truth. And then, okay, come on. Let's, let's be real. (laughs) Let's be real. Let's be real here, people. That's the fourth perspective. The, the sarcastic perspective. I like that side. Mm-hmm. That's the side that I'm happiest in, I think. Well, it's so funny because, okay, perfect example. Let's let's continue to talk about my husband because he loves when I do that on the air. Okay. So we were this morning. Okay, the the last day of school for my kids was Friday, and then mm-hmm. I left on this retreat for two days, and <clears throat> it's a lot of work. It's like it's like. A lot of, you know how when you do deep mind work, when you really think about shit on a deep level, it makes you tired. 
right? Like you're in the moment, you're in the moment for a while and then you hit the wall and you just become mentally exhausted. Mm -hmm. So that's what had happened to me. So I end the fact that it was relationship module week. So we had to bring a friend. So I brought my, my bestie Delilah came to Uh Philly with me and, um, so not only did we go out to dinner and spend way too much time drinking. Oh my God. We met the Milwaukee Brewers. We're staying in our hotel. Oh, nice. Baseball players are hot. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, uh, pretty much everybody. Wow. I didn't. Okay. So I was on the outside of that little information bubble, Kelly. <laughs> I didn't know until I was like trapped in a in an elevator with five of them and I'm like, "Oh my god. <laughs> we could fit three more of you in here." Uh, <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. Anyway, stop it. Stop it. Crazy. I know I am crazy just a little bit. So anyway, we were out drinking and then the next day we went into we had to be in the in the meeting together for breakfast. And when we got into the room, it was so hot because there was like, there was like 70 people in this tiny little room trying to eat and talk all at the same time. I I thought I was going to lose my mind. So, you know, hangover combined with confined hot spaces and smells of 50,000 different kinds of food did not a happy tower make. So Mm -hmm. anyway... We, we left and we went and we sat in the room by ourselves and people kept coming in and asking us if we were okay. And I'm like, we're fine. You know, we're, we're really fine. We're actually very gregarious, outgoing people. It's just disgusting in that room is, is the truth. So, um, we went through like a lot of deep work and we went through some relationship building stuff, some appreciation exercises. It was really kind of intimate and very emotional Um, even for goofy friends like we are. So I got home and I was so tired. So I fell asleep as soon as I got home. And then I went to bed at like one o'clock in the morning and I slept in. And then this morning, my husband's up getting ready for work and he's getting ready louder than normal. You know (laughs) what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. Right. So he's getting ready louder than normal and he could see me kind of stirring and like cracking an eyelid. And he looked at me and he goes, you know, here's the thing. All some, all school year long, you guys get up with me and we have conversations and we were up and we're active and we're talking to each other. And then summertime hits and I'm up by myself. And so what I want to implement is three days a week, we all get up together. Right. And I'm like, okay. So I went into my I went into my space of being empathetic, right? And trying to see his perspective. So I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a give and take conversation. <laughs> so so I'm like, all right, that seems fair. I appreciate that. And in in return for that, <clears throat> what I will need is to be able to go to bed a little bit earlier on on those nights, because during the school year we also go to bed earlier. We're not up until one o'clock in the morning watching movies and eating popcorn and doing, you know, like that kind of stuff. So on those nights where we're going to get up the next day, I would like to go to bed a little bit earlier. And he was like, well, what are you trying to say? And right away he went in, like really went into defense mode. Like I could literally see his back getting up, you know? Uh And I'm like. I thought this was going to be a give and take conversation. I thought this was, and he's like, no, you don't have to like argue about everything. And what I realized Kelly was two things. First thing is he just wanted to be heard and acknowledged. He didn't want to have a conversation about it. And second thing is those conversations that we had in the morning. I don't want to get up early for them because they all sound like the one we just had. <laughs> oh, you feeling me? I'm like wow so this is the conversation that I can look forward to waking up early for three days a week like why would I want to do that and then I started thinking about how we are how perspective really affects our relationships you know Hmm. what I mean oh yeah 
So I'm like, he, his perspective is those conversations were valuable, even if they were uncomfortable, because he is a confrontational kind of guy. He mm -hmm. likes to argue. We all know somebody like that, right? Right. Like, he lives for the, the drama of the argument. And here's the thing. Anybody who knows him or, or knows us is listening to this right now going, you're so full of shit, your eyes are brown. Because he is the most calm, level-headed guy on the planet. But the truth is, with us, his family, who he's comfortable with, he is so confrontational. Mm. So those conversations that I perceive as uncomfortable and confrontational and ugly and not desirable, he sees that as like stimulating conversation. It gets his day going. It does. So how do you handle that? So what do you do you have, about that? Does he have to get ready for confrontational conversations at work? Or does he not? Is he totally opposite of that at work? I wonder. Now you're making me wonder. Yeah. Right? Because he was like, you know, he started throwing things because now we're in the back and forth of the conversation. Right? Now it's no longer a conversation. Now it's a tennis match. <laughs> right? And he's like, well, um, you know, you were on the computer you know, you say you want to go to bed early, but you were on the computer. And I'm like, I was on the computer because you were on the computer. Hmm. And, he, you know, and it, it was like one of those things, like, why do you have to say something every time I say something? Well, because you say something every time I say something. Oh, my. Right. That was and it wasn't mean. Don't get it twisted. It wasn't mean. It was how we it was that it was the culture that we've created around conversation in our home okay. my husband and I and that really got me thinking like because this whole weekend we were talking about vulnerability and relationships and the juxtaposition of and I, I don't know if you saw this on Facebook or not the whole juxtaposition of when I when I am being vulnerable I see myself as weak and even pathetic Mm -hmm. But when I see you being vulnerable, I see you as being strong and courageous. Yes. So it's so hard for us to see in ourselves what we see in others. And so I saw that this morning. I saw that as my husband being confrontational, but I saw myself as being justified and defensive. Right. Weird, right? Very weird. So now I'm thinking about it like, is that what we do with our kids? Sure. Like, right? Like we say to our kids, um, you know, okay, a perfect example. We were talking this weekend about how kids today spend so much time on technology, blah, 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 old story, whatever. <laughs> but the fact is the conclusion when we whittled it down in logical conversation with heart-centered people... You notice how that works? Mm. What we whittled it down to is what are you giving them in exchange? Mm. Right? They're, you're not creating a relationship with them. You're simply telling them what you don't like about what they're doing and telling them that they must stop. But you're not giving them something to do instead. You're not giving them a reason to want to engage you or comply with you because you haven't developed a relationship with them. You're simply telling them what's wrong with them, what you don't like about what they're doing, and what you need for them to do for you. Right. And that's what, right? And that's what happened this morning with my husband. He wasn't telling me what he was willing to do to create that relationship. He was simply telling me what he doesn't like, what I'm doing wrong, and what he needs for me to do for him. Which put me in a position of, basically, F you. I don't want to do for you right now because you aren't considering the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> right. 
right? I'm sleeping in because I was up until one o'clock in the morning waiting for your attention while you were on the computer then. And I was there for you and available for you and wanting to connect with you on my timeline. Timing, timing. Timing and perspective. And I think that we don't pay enough attention to building relationship. Right. We are, They're just kind of implied. Right. And we want to judge it. We want to judge other people's effects on our happiness. And we want to judge other people's responsibility to our disappointment in our relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to blame other people. I want to blame you for the failure in this relationship right now. I want to blame you for my disappointment in you right now. And instead of saying, how can we resolve this? What's something that I love, appreciate, or admire about you that I want more of in this relationship, which is why I'm disappointed that you're spending more time on the iPad than you are with me? Mm -hmm. Do you think that would change the dialogue with our kids a little bit? Right. And also, what may I have contributed to the situation? Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing when we just take a step back and think, you know, what am I contributing to the situation that I'm in? What part am I playing in this right now? (sighs) I love this work, Kelly. I know you do. It's great. (laughs) And that's why I'm so excited about the Raise the Parenting Bar. Yeah. Because so many people think that it's an advice you know, that it's going to be me lecturing at them for 45 minutes a week for eight weeks. And it couldn't, right? And that couldn't be further from the truth. First of all, I like to have fun. Yes. So I don't want to lecture at anybody. Um, But secondly, I really want to get us back into building relationship. Not only with our families, but with each other. Right. Right. It's so bizarre to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this program. And if you haven't heard about it, Parent Nation, check it out. It's on my website. It's on the, it's on the parentnationradio.com page. If you're yep. here listening, you're there. So check it out. Click on it. Um, it's it's going to be amazingly fun and connecting and transformational and fun and fun. <laughs> and well, informative fun. and fun. Okay. Yeah. As long as it's fun, I'll be there. All right. It's going to be fun. And speaking of fun, holy crap, our guests are awesome today. It's dad day. (laughs) I've been waiting to talk to this man forever. I know. Right? Dr. David Simonson is going to be our first guest. He wrote the book, When Parenting Backfires, which is one of my favorites. And um, I can't wait to talk with him because he's just awesome. And then in our third segment, our final segment, we're going to be talking to the Poppin' Bottles dads. Yeah. So stay tuned and have fun. Taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Toginet Radio. It's Merging 
few years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's words you never heard. So last night, my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women. According to the article, men get single tusks, or hiccups more often than women. Everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men. I'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating, which means right now there are 28 things that I'm putting off until later. What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men, and while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited for our next guest. I love Dad Day because I love celebrating dads at least once a month. You know, we we women like to celebrate things once a month. But my next guests are the hosts of Pop and Bottles Dad Casts, and they their names are Bill Ben Mullen and Nick Brown. I'm sorry, I'm like totally screwed up right now. We can so, call and, them Bill. It's fine. We can. We're gonna call you Bill and Joe. <laughs> and, um, they met as neighbors right after the birth of their kids. And um, after starting to notice mutual interests, just like moms do, it's weird how similar we are. <laughs> they they started um, podcasting and blogging, and that's where Poppin' Bottles came from. And I love – okay, so first of all, I love Poppin' Bottles because, you know – I'm a beer drinker, so for me, <laughs> it's immediately go. a beer reference. <laughs> but tell us more about what it means to you guys. Where did you come up with this concept? Um, well, Ben came up with the pop and bottles portion of the name. I just added the dad cast because I'm very creative. <laughs> um, so, it's Ben, genius. I'll let you. I'll let you take take that. Yeah, no, it, it's it's one of those things where. Uh, you immediately get kind of a, a sense for our sense of humor. As soon as you see the title and as soon as you you get the uh, the reference, how it can be both not just opening beer bottles or champagne bottles, but also baby bottles because, you know, we're on, uh, we're on dad duty. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know, hey, let's, let's be lighthearted about it. Let's be fun. Let's have fun with this whole thing. Because if I'm, you're not having fun as a parent, then, uh, kind of sucks, doesn't it? It's so Parenting's does, not I, fun. Oh, come on. It's so <laughs> I'm, fun. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you get to do, you get to do the shit that you secretly want to do, but is not socially acceptable at your age and say, I had to do it for the kids. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> See, like, I totally get you. Like sitting in a, uh, in a kiddie pool, drinking a beer. That's acceptable, right? <laughs> That's totally acceptable. And I don't know why more parents don't do that. I mean, I know why, but I don't know why we care. <laughs> You know, it's so that's one of those things we have to uh, we have to shed the preconceived notions of drinking in kiddie pools. Yeah, absolutely. Acceptable. 
that's, that's why I started Moms and Bars. Exactly. There you go. Right? Because it's like, you know, a, guy, a group of guys can go into the bar at lunchtime and right. kick back a beer or whatever. A group of moms goes into the bar at lunchtime and they're like, luscious. <laughs> <laughs> Neglectful harlots. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So what do you guys <laughs> – it's totally acceptable now, yeah. <laughs> right? So what do you What do you guys mostly talk about on your show? Is it like just jokes about parenting or do you seriously talk about parenting topics? Um, I mean we kind of mix everything together. We're, I like to call us – when people ask us our formatting, I say we have no format. Because it's just kind of let's talk about what happened in our weeks, uh, what's going on in our lives, what ridiculous crap did our kids do this week, um, you know, what fails did we have, you know, what funny moments. So it's kind of a mix of everything. But we, we've we had plenty of serious shows. But, you know, most times Ben will play the straight guy and I'll make terrible, terrible jokes. <laughs> terrible jokes. They're, terrible. they're pretty bad. So sometimes I feel like stopping the show completely because <laughs> I just can't recover from the ridiculousness of this man. Hey, hey feel bad for my I wife. Think I would like it. <laughs> I feel bad for my wife. She has to live with me and hear those jokes nonstop. So yeah, I can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine. Man. Yeah. That's <laughs> worse for her. Fantastic. Actually. I love it. <laughs> So I, so do you guys have like, do you consider yourself parenting educators or are you, do you have like parenting experts on to do that? Uh, we, we usually have on, uh, the people who are actually considered experts who actually have, you know, uh, more experience than we do with, with certain things. But I, I do like to, to think of us as, a partially educational podcast because it, it's really an open forum for discussion about anything. Like, uh, you know, it, it, we, we talk about everything from, uh, you know, the curse words that our kids say in the middle of the night while they're sleeping, which is hilarious to mm. things like depression. And we talk about this stuff very openly and not just openly, but from multiple uh, multiple viewpoints, like where we don't just take our own viewpoint on each subject and try to, you know, just push that like it's an agenda or anything. Like we think that anybody should think the same way that we do. We try to take topics like that and look at it from all angles. And I think by discussing mm -hmm. stuff that way, uh, people can kind of gain their own understanding better. I love that. Even though, like, we all know that our perspective is usually the right one. Right, right, right. We want to give people <laughs> options. You know, you always yeah. want to give people, like, you want to popcorn around with ideas, whatever. But eventually, we hope that they all land back on the right side of our opinions. But yeah, yeah, as much maybe as I would that's like just in my home. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I would like everybody to think the same way that I do about parenting. <laughs> Dude, we don't even agree on stuff, dude. We don't even agree on stuff. Yeah, we don't always agree either, which makes for fun conversations. It is. It is. That is the best conversation, I think, because if everybody always agrees, kind of like what I'm doing with you now, it gets a little bit vanilla and, <laughs> um, and, and sort of boring. But so what do you guys think about um, – I love this whole concept. What do you guys think about um, the push to not – um, call dads babysitters and, you know, like, like this whole really push dads into the dominant parenting role kind of thing that we're doing right now. See, I, I don't think it's really a push the dads into the dominant. I think it's pushing dads into, it's a partnership. It's, you know, 50, 50, you know, both parents are in this together. They're a team mm -hmm. and if someone I've written posts about this and we've talked about this, if somebody calls me a babysitter, I'm probably going to slap them in the face cool. or punch them in the or punch them in the throat. If it's Great. a man, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to hit a woman. That would just be you're you know, just I'll let my, mean. I'll let my kids kick them in the ankles if they're if they're with me. Um, but the only time it's acceptable to call a dad a babysitter is if they're watching somebody else's kids. Oh really, that's. You know, or, you know, if they run a babysitting, uh, you know, like daddy daycare. business. 
Yes, like a daddy daycare. Then it's okay because they are babysitting. But you're not babysitting your own kids. <laughs> you're parenting. Yeah, you're being a dad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Basically being a dad. So do you think that dads have a different way of parenting? Do you believe that? Uh, I think to a certain extent, just because, um, yeah, I think, I think dads are, uh, how, how do I, how do I put this? Awesome. Well, dads I mean, well, are yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we celebrate that. Uh, yeah. I, I think dads more these days, um, you know, from, you know, the generation that Nick and I come from and that sort of thing, uh, we're more open to things in ways like, you know, we're more open to going to see Barbie on ice. You know, we're open to that as much as we are open to doing an oil change on the car. Yeah, that sort of thing. So, so I think there's a different mindset with dads, especially these days, Mm -hmm. uh, as far as what the kid is actually going to be exposed to early on. Uh, what types of places they're going to go on the weekends and that sort of thing. You know, it's not just the zoo. It's not just, you know, a racetrack, but also uh, yeah, let's go to the circus and all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. The zoo isn't going so well right now, but right. We, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we yeah. could go down the bad joke alley, but we're not. No. <laughs> I think the thing that I find most intriguing about the way dad's parent is um, in the workplace. I think that we see a lot less of dads kind of judging each other's parenting than we see from moms. Right. And that I love that. I want to be part of that camp. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, part of that is, uh, is generational as well because uh, dads these days, you know, we all feel generally the same way and, uh, and you know, we recognize that there has been a change in parenting uh, in the role of dads over the past, you know, however long, 25, 30 years. Um, So in a way, we know that there is a certain level of judgment that is still being taken out against us. So if we take it out against each other, well, then Mm. that's just that's undermining each other and ourselves. And, you know, we want to be the best parents we possibly can. I wish moms would listen to that and hear that. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, you guys, I I know that we had to make this kind of short. And because of that, I would really like to have you back on in a future segment. Definitely. Yeah, of course. But um, I want to know, I want Parent Nation to know where they can find you guys. Because I know you have like books and stuff coming out and everything. It's kind of awesome. Well, well. Ben does. Nick, you're. I'm. I'm working. I'm working on mine. Slacker. Have... Oh. Slacker. Hey, you. You have one kid. Shut up. I got two. <laughs> um. I'm. I'm working on a book that will probably be an ebook. Uh. Hopefully, out later this year. Probably self-publish. Um. I will just give you a little tease of what it's about. It's about unsolicited parenting advice which I just love. It's the best. Um, so the irony in my book is that it's an unsolicited advice book on unsolicited advice. Right. Fantastic. Which and, I thought uh, was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and you, we can find you guys on Poppin' Bottles Dadcast as yeah, well Pop- as on Facebook. And you have a YouTube series as well. We, we have, yeah, we have. Uh, bummer. Out of time. <laughs> Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. 
For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. One of the best ways to prevent injuries while exercising is by warming up first. Most of us are in a hurry, and it can be tempting to skip your warm-up and get right into your workout. But don't do it. Warming up is vital and necessary. Taking 5 to 10 minutes to get your body prepared for a good workout is well worth it. If you're going for a run or a brisk walk, Walk slowly first and increase your speed so that your heart rate is rising. Even if you're doing a weight workout only, it's important to warm up for at least five minutes on the treadmill or just by walking around. Warming up gets the blood flowing to your muscles, heart, and joints and prepares them for a good workout. Mentally, it gets you focused on what is ahead, whether it is running, biking, lifting weights, or another mode of exercise. So don't skip your warm up. It's an essential part of every workout. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? (laughs) It's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Thank you for hanging out with us and sticking with us today. I just want to quickly um, shout out there because we were running out of time at the end of the last segment. So if you um, if you want to get a hold of the Poppin' Bottles Dadcast, you can do that on Facebook, YouTube. Um, and we were, we'll be putting their information up on our Facebook pages and on the website as well, too. So I want to thank them so much. They were so much fun. My next guest is Dr. David Simonson, and he has... a he is passionate about helping teens and parents to connect, which is something that we here at Parent Nation are very, very excited and passionate about too. Um, he has a PhD in psychology and NMS in marriage and family therapy, and he's been helping people work through their challenges for 15 years. Um, and because of that experience, he has the ability to get to the source of the challenges quickly. Um, and he just doesn't solve problems, but he does it with humor, and um, which is completely exhibited in his latest book, When Parenting Backfires, which is an awesome book and um, is the reason why we wanted to have you on today. So hello, Dr. David. How are you? I'm doing well this fine morning. How are you? How are you doing, Tara? I am doing super well. I yeah. am. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I was listening that quote you. I think it was you that said, if you have a clean house, it means you have big closets and a broken, broken. computer. Yeah. My house, a clean house means that we have people coming over. So <laughs> that too. <laughs> that's my kids ask me if we're cleaning the house. Oh, who's coming over tonight? And we're like, no, we can just have a clean house because we don't have to have people coming over. <laughs> it's so true. It is absolutely true. And then the kids, like two days after the company leaves, they're like, "Hey, where's the box with all the stuff in it?" <laughs> oh, it's in the big closet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> over there. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. So I, your, your book has been getting so much press lately, which is super, super exciting. Um, and I love the title when parenting backfires, what you, you have a, you have an active practice. You've been doing this for a really long time. Why write this book? Um, so, so one of the things I like to do is just be creative in all sorts of areas. So I've done, um, some pilots for a couple of TV shows. And, and so I've, I've had these experiences in my life and I've had these opportunities to like people pay me to give my opinion. And so I thought, you know, and, and just for me, a natural extension of that was to take all the things that I've learned as I've worked with a variety of families and put them into book form and, and do a book that hasn't actually been done before. Uh, most books are formulaic, right? So if you do this, then this should happen. Um, if you do this, then this should happen. And that may work for some families, but what I've, what I run into, um, my, my co-author and I, what we've run into is a lot of times 
the formulas that you see in like a love and logic book often don't work um, for for certain families. And so what we run into is like a lot of times parentings have these thinking errors that were created when they were children. And because of these thinking errors, they bring those into how they parent. And if they change their thinking about things, then it's going to change their parenting. I and, and couldn't agree more. And that's kind of the, the birth of the book. <laughs> right. It's I mean, a- it's. Yeah, I mean, if you look out there, there's really no other book out there that's saying, you know, here's this thing that you're doing wrong, mom and dad, and it's a thinking error. Instead of most books are, hey, if you use my fancy word and do this thing differently, then all things will fall into place. And it's not that easy. Exactly. It's so funny to me. I don't understand. And one of the things that I love about what you're saying is this is this is dialogue that kind of goes through most of our heads, most of our the, those of us who really think about the process of parenting. It's like that's the kind of dialogue that goes through our heads, but most people don't have the courage to put it into book form. Right. Um, and it's like you just want to take people sometimes and shake them and, and say, what are you thinking? But we don't, you know, don't come to me and say, fix my kid. Let's work on on your thought process, because that's what's really causing the problems here. We don't say it to them. We say it to everyone else. We say it to their friends. What were they thinking? How, Mm -hmm. you know, how how could they be doing that? When in reality, if they were truly our friends and we and we really loved them, we'd sit down with them over, you know, cup of coffee or whatever and say, hey, I noticed this going on and I don't know if it's the best way. I don't think it's the best way to parent your kid. But um, we don't do that. We, we usually will, you know, talk to our friends about what so-and-so is doing with their kid and how, why would they be doing that? And so this, this book is a, is a foray into hopefully, you know, maybe getting a manual, if you will. I mean, you were talking earlier and it made me think of this is parenting is one of the only jobs where there's no manual. <clears throat> and so, I often hear, even from my friends and people in my practice, I don't know how to do this, so I'm kind of just winging it sometimes. And Mm. if you're winging it with a thinking error, you're just going to perpetuate that thinking error in your child, and then it's just going to be this ongoing cycle. So why do you think, because here's the deal, a lot of us right now, especially in the blogosphere, a lot of us can talk at length about how amazingly, perfectly wonderful our childhoods were, <laughs> right? But we can't implement them. <laughs> Where well, is I mean, the disconnect? It, it, I think there is the... So I, I want chickens, okay? This is going to sound really random, but there's, there's the fantasy of having chickens and then there's the reality of having chickens. The fantasy in my mind of having chickens is like, oh, I'm going to farm fresh eggs and I'm going to be able to go out to the chicken coop every day. It's going to be great. The reality is I'm going to get eggs that have poop on them or if I let my chickens roam, they will poop on my driveway. I know that. I don't want poop on my driveway. And so I think that in blogs are the fantasy, but then mm-hmm. if you followed those bloggers around, you'd see the reality that you know they don't have that perfect of a life probably can Um, i expand on that in the in the funniest most ridiculous way you've ever heard sure (laughs) you what you're saying is perfect because i fantasized about having ducks i couldn't wait to have (laughs) ducks so i went out and got ducks and anybody who's been following me on facebook knows that I had my duck ducks were my world. Like I posted videos of them dancing on my porch. Here's the thing. (laughs) When I had my ducks, I bitched about those ducks every freaking day. They they attacked the utility workers. They attacked the UPS guy. They crapped all over my deck. You know, it was like, yeah, I complained constantly about my ducks. And now that my ducks are gone, they were the most wonderful ducks in the world. And I miss my ducks. That is so. I'll tell you what what animal to get. That's the best animal. <laughs> uh, the best pet. The best pet to get are bees. Bees are the best pet. So I have two beehives. They don't require any care really, and they give you they give you honey. They're the best pets ever. You, you can't cuddle with them or anything. But anyways, so they are. That's my type of pet right there. You know, not a lot of upkeep. But yeah, that's it's true. Awesome. I think I. 
I think that's true that there's this fantasy and then there's the reality. And, and I think people have this fantasy. So then they do this thing. I had ducks at one point, but the raccoons ate all my ducks. Yeah, me and, too. <laughs> yeah. We could be so the same person. Stupid raccoons. And so <laughs> then, uh, so yeah, so then the reality takes over and then people just are frustrated. And with kids, raccoons won't eat your kids, unfortunately. So you're, right? you're stuck. You're stuck with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so funny that when we look back, when we look back on our kids, we see all the wonderful things about them. But when we look at the reality of our kids right now, we're like, oh, my God, I can't stand them. Right. What's wrong? Well, with I mean, I tell people, you, if you have kids, you can't have nice things. And mm-hmm. so I I can't have nice things in my house with my seven kids. So it's it's very frustrating at times. But it was my choice to have kids. I, I was going to say, you purposefully had seven kids? Um, yeah, we adopted our last one, but it was a choice. It wasn't forced upon us. So, right? I yeah. get you. I feel you. It's amazing, especially when they're all teenagers. Yeah. And I've, in the house I've, at the same time. I have two teens, so yeah, it's it's an interesting trip. It's amazing. So what... What can what can Parent Nation do? What's one great tip that you could give to Parent Nation right now today that they could implement that would change their thinking around their parenting? Um, Put you on the spot. Yeah. So I, I don't make threats that you don't that you are, will no way follow through on through yeah. on. Um, so here's an example. So I was just in Disneyland with my kids. Now we love Disneyland. And so I'm, you know, some people hate it. Some people love it. And I, I take, that's a fantasy reality place. So I love it because of the fantasy, but I know that it's the reality of it is that it's crowded and there's long lines, et cetera, et cetera. The thing I hear over and over often when I go to Disneyland is, Parents whose kids are acting up because they've been sitting in a, stro- a, hot, a stroller all day in 80-degree weather in long lines. And so kids are upset, and they're crying, they're acting out, they're doing whatever. And a parent, classic parent, says, if you don't behave, we're not coming back for the next two days. And I just <laughs> sit, sit and think about that. That parent just spent like $600 and really, they're not going to come back because their kid's having a meltdown, right? And so I, what happens in my mind, I, it makes me crazy as I'm kind of passing by and hearing this threat, thinking there's no way a parent's going to follow through on that. And so what, what happens then, I imagine that that kind of parenting, that threat parenting happens in other places in their life where they just don't follow through. And it creates this kind of air, it creates disrespect. It creates this non-belief like, oh, no, you won't. You won't really follow through on that mom or dad. Mm-hmm. And so I would say um, to your listeners, don't make threats that you can't follow through on. Um, and then I would, I would also add, don't even make threats. Just say, this is what's, give information and say, this is what's going to happen next if this behavior continues. That's not a threat. It's giving information. And then follow through on it. Exactly. I love that. I can't, I'm the same way. Like when I hear people, same thing, like amusement parks at the mall, whatever, walking down the street of New York and the parent looks at the little kid and they're like, if you walk away from me again, I'm going to let the strangers take you. (laughs) And it'll be your fault. And it'll be all your fault. fault. And you'll miss me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, you're not going to do that. You're literally not going to let the stranger take you. So then like two years of those kind of ridiculous threats and you say, if you don't get off that iPad, I'm taking it away. And they go, okay, like the stranger took me. (laughs) Yeah. So then, so then your um, attempts at parenting, you wonder, a parent wonders why they fall flat. Well, it's because you were making these threats, you know, for several years and they don't believe you. And so why should they believe you now as a teenager? When you actually do need to follow through on things. It's so true. It's so true. So with you, um, not, not only do you have your practice, do you do one-on-one coaching with people? Um, I tend to not, I tend to stick, stay away from one-on-one stuff because for me, uh, it's, this isn't therapy minded, but it's kind of boring because I'm, I, I, I much rather have a family of six 
that we're all interacting, trying to figure out how to do this kind of dance that we do when we're in relationship with people. But it's hard for me. Honestly, I, I've, I steer clear of the one-on-ones because it is sometimes <laughs> it's horrible, but it's hard for me to stay awake sometimes because I, it's just <laughs> tedious. It's honestly, and that's why my, that's why all my training and all my experience is in family systems and, and family therapy, because that's much more uh, exciting and enjoyable than sitting there one-on-one with somebody. And I right. will do it if I need to, <laughs> as far as a, as far as a therapy, you know, therapeutic in relationship to like a couple or a family, but mm-hmm. I don't seek that. Like if a person calls me and says, Hey, I need individual counseling. I usually refer them on. Cause it's just not, it's not my thing. So what is okay. your thing? I mean, besides my, my, your book, which, which is awesome. But so is you, do you do group programs? Do you do mostly speaking? What's, what's your cool thing? So I try, I do a little, I, I do a little all, but mostly my, my bread and butter is teens and families. Mm-hmm. And so if I have an expertise, I guess it's with teenagers and connecting with teens and helping them figure out how, how to deal with their crazy parents. Um, because usually it's the other way around. Parents think their teens are crazy. But the, the thing about that is that we were all teens at one time. And so we were all crazy, I guess. Uh, we all had the hormone thing going on. And so I, I try to help parents recognize that, you know, your teen's not manipulating you. They're just giving you unsophisticated. They're making unsophisticated attempts at negotiating. But right. if a parent a parent looks at that as you're just trying to manipulate me and I'm not going to fall for that, well, how is a relationship going to benefit from that kind of viewpoint? And mm. so I I don't I don't say that coming as the expert. I mean I I sometimes see my kids and think they're just trying to manipulate me. Um, but sure. I, I fall for that too, and I and so we're all human, right? But um, like I never get into arguments with my with my wife quote unquote. Right. But I still get in arguments with my wife, so I'm not perfect. Um, I I may be able to get out of those arguments a little bit quicker than another person just because of what I know about communication and things. And so it's my expertise, I guess, would be teenagers and and parents and, and kind of families. That's awesome. And you have a Facebook page where people can find you too, right? Yes. Doc David. Doc David to find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love all the information you share, mostly because I feel like we're very in sync. Mm -hmm. Um, So because you're saying what I think, I think you're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. That's good to hear. One person thinks I'm awesome. That's great. (laughs) Thank Uh, you so much, Doc David. And the book is called When Parenting Backfires Parent Nation. You definitely want to check that out. And until next week, everybody, I want you to go on the Facebook page. Check out Raising the Parenting Bar. It's, it's like I said, fun, and it's a group. It's not just teaching. So until next week, everybody, keep playing. Message or a life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little barometer of, is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at TaraKennedyKline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling